Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. Hey guys, so thanks for joining me today. In my last podcast, we were talking about transformation as we ended off. And today I wanted to focus in on that. And I want to talk about how God's plan for us as believers is transformation, not stagnation. Jesus' plan for us has always been to completely change and transform us. The first way that's happened is, well, we've completely moved kingdoms. In fact, we're in the world, but we are not of the world. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, it reads, He rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. So that's a huge transformation. He's moved us from one kingdom into another. Not only that, but He's given us a new name. The word Christian come from the word Christ And so we've taken his name upon ourselves. In fact, we have moved families. The Bible tells us that we've been adopted as sons and daughters into the family of God. So transformation is God's plan for us. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, we continue to read about God's ongoing plan of transformation for the life of the believer. It reads, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. So the encouragement to us is, but be transformed, be transformed. So even as it's God's plan for us, we need to be in agreement with God's plan for for that transformation to take place and be cooperating with God however we can to make sure that happens. And this scripture is really encouraging because it shows me that as we are focusing on that process of transformation with God, that what happens? Well, we learn to know God's will more and more. We learn to recognize God's voice more and more. And um, that's what it's talking about there. You'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. In other words, you're going to know it for yourself. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, it says, And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So the beginning part of the scripture is great because it says, and who? And we all. Uh, sometimes, you know, we're so aware of our own shortcomings. You're like, oh man, I don't know if I'm good enough for this. <laughs> it feels so hard at times. But God's heart is that all of us, as we focus on God, as we focus on Jesus, as we meditate on his goodness and his glory, we will all be transformed into his image. Let me say this. Transformation is empowered by our connection to Jesus. No connection, no transformation. 
when the connection we have with Jesus is strong, the transformation process in our lives is also going to be strong. You see, Jesus is the catalyst for our transformation. When we are connected with him, the transformation is going to be a natural outworking of that. So transformation is both an event and an ongoing process. We read about how in Colossians 1 it said that he transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. So there's an event that takes place when we first come to know God. Our spirit is made new and made alive to God. But it's also an ongoing process that requires our cooperation. We learned that in the Romans 12 process. But be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Well, we get to choose what we think about and meditate on. We learned how in 2 Corinthians 3.18 it says, We're being transformed um, as we contemplate the Lord's glory. So that's what we meditate, what we choose to think about. So our cooperation is required for that transformation to take place. Now, let's try and define the transformation a little bit. And uh, so as I was considering this and thinking about it, um, I wrote out a few thoughts. And this is what I've got for you. The transformation is the type of radical inside-out change which occurs when a natural person is connected by a supernatural faith to the love glory and goodness of God and I think this is important to understand because firstly transformation if we think about it in the context of the world well we might go well someone looks different or they're speaking differently or they're acting differently but the kind of transformation we're talking about is one that has to happen from the inside out and I think just to encourage you and I that's why I put in there that it's when a natural person, it's not something that we can do in our own strength. It happens when we connect with Jesus with the supernatural gift of faith that he has given to each one of us. Transformation is the place where sin is forgiven. What has been lost is restored. What is broken and hurting is healed. Those who have been chained and imprisoned are set free. I want to tell you a little bit of a story to illustrate that. In the late 1700s lived a man by the name of John Newton. And John Newton was a slave trader. So he was a pretty rough guy. But his life was radically transformed when he met Jesus. In fact, so much so that he became an abolitionist. And he committed his life to serving God. And John wrote the lyrics to what's become a song of hope and deliverance for so many people around the world. And he penned these words. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind but now I see. You see, Jesus took a man 
whose life was lost and broken and turned his life into a story about the amazing grace of God. Now let me remind you that John was a slave trader. And there's a great lesson here for us. Transformation is not reserved for good people who've got it all together. Transformation is what happens when ordinary people accept the love of an extraordinary God. Let's look at the other word that we're comparing transformation to, stagnation. So stagnation, according to the dictionary definition, is a state or condition marked by a lack of connection, flow, movement or development. Uh, actually, I should just interject and say I put that word connection in there. <laughs> I think it fits really well. So a river we know, for example, stays fresh as long as it's connected to the source. As soon as the body of water is cut off, however, from the flow of fresh water, nothing going in and nothing going out, the water just standing, we know it's at risk of becoming stagnant and then it's no good to anyone. If we ignore or neglect our connection with God, we can also become stagnant. We need to be connected daily to the living waters of the Holy Spirit of God. We need to guard against complacency in our walk with God. Mark 4.19 says, The worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. So these are the things that can cause us to become too busy, that can cause us to become complacent, that can cause us to become distracted, and that break our connection with God. But God's got a simple and powerful three-step plan to keep you and I fresh and flourishing. And it's from the very next verse in Mark 4, verse 20. It says, others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and in brackets, I want to put their delight in it, and that's taken straight from the Greek definition of that word, and produce a crop, some 30, 60, and some 100 times what was sown. So God's plan to keep us fresh and flourishing in Him to keep that process of transformation alive and happening, is number one, that we hear the word. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We need to put the word of God into our ears and into our hearts. The anointed word of God. There's so many other things that we're hearing though, that are a drain on our spirits instead of empowering us. There's a constant stream of news coming of negativity, of health problems, economic problems, political problems, and those things come to drain us 
They don't empower us or build us up. So we've got to choose at some point to turn our ears away from those things and to focus on the anointed word of God and to accept it, to delight in it and to produce a crop. And the producing is the application. We can't just hear the word and go, oh, that's, isn't that awesome? We have to hear it and apply it to our lives and continue applying it as a process until we see a crop being raised of God's goodness, a testimony to God's goodness in our lives. And the last part of this verse speaks about the scale of that harvest. It says, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. And I believe that part of this has to do with what is your vision? How big is your vision? Are you trying to hear and apply just enough of God's word to your life to get you through today, to last you until tomorrow, so that you can do it all again and try have just enough strength for each and every day? Well, I mean, that's okay, but I think you and I need to have a bigger vision than that. I think we need to have an intake of the word that's great enough that it builds our capacity that we have more than enough, more than what we need, so that we can be a blessing to the rest of our family. We can be a blessing to those around us, be a blessing to our community. And God's given you some unique gifts that enable you to be able to do that. But it starts with having a vision. And I think it starts with asking God, Lord, give me a word with which to bless my friends, my family, my co-workers. And being a carrier of God's word, being a carrier of his blessing, choosing to be an encouragement. I want to speak about how God has got a plan of redemption. Well, I want to speak about this because none of us comes to God with it all together. We all come with a history of past mistakes and failings. And if we're honest, even after we come to God, we all miss it in a bunch of ways. So it's encouraging for us to know that God has a plan of redemption. I want to read for you from Exodus chapter 15 and verse 22. It says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. Well, of course, this is a cool story to read and to, you know, see how God provided for the people of Israel and how God spoke to Moses and performed a miracle as Moses was obedient to what God showed him to do. But you know that this is also a story that is a type and a shadow 
that points towards God's coming salvation that's been revealed to all mankind through Jesus. Moses picked up a piece of wood and threw it into the water. What was that water? It was bitterness. We know that sin causes bitterness in the world. It causes a bitter taste in our mouths. I want to ask you a question. Did you come to God with hurt? Maybe even having come to God, you still got places of hurt or even bitterness in your life where sin has impacted your life and it's left its mark, bitterness. What you need is transformation. When Moses picked up that wood and threw it into the water, God performed a miracle and transformed that bitter water into fresh, sweet water that was suitable for them to drink, to refresh them and to strengthen them. The good news is that God has a cure for stagnant water, those stagnant places in our lives. And God's cure is the cross of Jesus. You see, that piece of wood that Moses picked up symbolized the cross of Jesus. And just as when Moses threw the stick of wood into the bitter waters and they were transformed, when by faith we place the cross of Jesus into the center of our lives, our lives will also be transformed. What was once bitter is going to become fresh and sweet and life-giving, not just to us, but to those around us as well. And here's an amazing thought for you. The power of Jesus to transform is so great that he even transformed the cross. Did you know that up until the day that Jesus died on the cross, the cross always symbolized shame, condemnation and death. But Jesus forever transformed the cross into a powerful symbol of the grace of God, the redemption of God, the love of God, and the hope that He has given us now through Jesus for all mankind. How many of you know as you're listening to this that Jesus is the hope of the world? And my friend, I want to say to you today, if Jesus could take the awful symbol of the cross that symbolized condemnation and shame and death and transform it into a symbol of hope, I want to tell you that he has the power to transform your life and my life as well. If Jesus could take the life of John Newton, who was a hard and, and a bitter man, whose job was being a slave trader, and he could transform his life so powerfully and turn it into a testimony of the amazing grace and mercy and forgiveness of God. He can do the same for you and me as well today.
I want to tell you today as we end off that God loves you. His heart is towards you. And I want to encourage you to connect and engage with God. Just reach out to Him in a simple way in prayer. Pick up His Word and begin to read what He's got to say about you. What He's got to say about your future. Jesus Himself said, I have not come into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world might be saved through me. Jesus is our great salvation. Jesus is our hope. Shut off your ears and your eyes to all the other things in the world which distract us and drain and set your focus on Jesus and you will find that He will renew your hope. He will build your faith. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's Word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe and why not share the message with a friend?